everyone, it's Roger and James here from the What's On Disney Plus podcast. In this week's show, we're going to be talking about prop culture. We'll be talking about Star Wars, the Clone Wars, May the 4th celebrations, and a lot of news and stuff from around Disney Plus over the past week. Um, but before we get into all of that there, let's jump first off and just say a big thank you to all of the patrons that are supporting the podcast, making sure that it comes out each and every week. So a big thank you to Andrew Gazeppi, Joshua, Julie, and What's On Netflix for all of your support. Really makes all the difference, especially at the minute. It just means then that all the fees and podcasting host stuff is all sorted and it's all running as usual. So it's great. And a big, again, just a big thank you. And also just a big thank you to everyone that's watching and listening to all of our subscribers and stuff like that. It just, it just really means a lot, especially at the minute with everyone, you know, this, we're all kind of, a lot of us are either completely out of our normal schedules or really, really busy. There doesn't seem to be anything in between. <laughs> um, but nevertheless, we don't want to talk about any of that stuff because there's going to be enough of that probably in the news bits anyway. But so let's start off with the good news. So um, Star Wars weekend. It's Star Wars May the 4th coming up in on Monday. Some great news. Star Wars Rise of Skywalker has been confirmed to be coming May the 4th pretty much everywhere except for um, the Netherlands are getting it on Tuesday on May the 5th because it's like a Memorial Day on Thursday and I can understand why they maybe didn't want to celebrate it then. And I think Australia are getting it like a day early, but generally everybody's getting it um, going around the world. So that's great. Um, also, at the same time, we're getting the first episode of the Disney Gallery, The Mandalorian, which is all about the making of that series, a brand new series with episodes dropping each Friday after that. And obviously the big finale of Star Wars to Clone Wars. We're kind of going to be finishing off this season, so we're going to be getting into all of that a little bit later on as well. A couple of other quick things as well. Um, Star Wars Resistance Season 1 and Lego All-Stars are going to be coming to the UK and Europe, Disney+, and Australia is getting Resistance Season 2. So there's quite a few bits and pieces going on with regards to that. Also, Disney Plus is getting like a little bit of a makeover with new concept art for, I think that was a nice little add-on for doing not a huge amount, but kind of making something. I kind of looked at the and went, they just changed the images. <laughs> it was just like, I was like, oh, they're great. They look lovely. And I went, yeah, but they change the banners all the time. I, I, it was one of those really weird ones. I go, I see what you've done. I like it. <laughs> so Star Wars Weekend, what are you thinking of all this? I'm thinking it's great. Uh, we've talked about previously... Disney really doesn't do much for May the 4th or May the 6th, whichever one you want to celebrate. Uh, So it's nice to see them doing something even a little bit small. Like, to be honest, I don't care that Rise of Skywalker is there, but I'm glad that it will be there for people who want to watch through the whole saga. Um, I was actually thinking I might watch Revenge of the Sith on the, Mm. on um, the 4th kind of to go along with the Clone Wars, which we'll talk about later and and why that's relevant. But uh, between that, the Mandalorian, uh great stuff and then uh silly bit of side thing they they added those masks to the shop disney with you you have little baby yoda i i haven't decided if i'm gonna get one yet uh because they come in sets of four they look really silly but at the same time it's really hard to get masks right now well actually to be honest i they're not available in the uk and i showed this to my wife the second they came on because i really like the one with like the faces on like Mm -hmm. mickey mouse's i did love the baby yoda one i did love that one and i did have a look on disney store's website because they are the government is starting to say over here that they might want us to wear them i'm going i said to my i said i I, this would be great i said this would be so cool love the idea of these bit of fun walking into the supermarket with my you know you know, Marie from Aristocats, um, one on, or and just just have a bit of fun with it. Just, you know, take that 
um, take take control over it and put a bit of fun and lightheartedness into it. I was looking at those. I'd be funny because I was looking for like things before that were a bit Disney ones, and then they announced them and go, oh yeah. So yeah, when they come available over here, I'll pick them up. If we're going to have to wear them for working stuff, definitely that's what I'm going to be wearing to work. <laughs> Um, but I thought, yeah, so yeah, on a, it, it was a bit of a side note, but um, you had a Baby Yoda one, so there's a Star Wars connection, so there we go. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and, and of course, a lot of other stores are doing sales and mm. things like Legos got their traditional and so, but it is kind of weird having like May the 4th in this situation. So I'm glad that we, we're getting stuff on Disney Plus. Mm. That'll give people uh, something to watch. I'm definitely going to sit down and, and watch the Clone Wars episode. I'm going to sit down and watch the Mandalorian episode, uh, the, the, the yeah. behind the scenes one. And it's about as good as you're going to get in this this situation. Yeah, I'm, I'm a, I think they've upped because it has arrived on Disney Plus two months early. And I really want to state that um, they did put that out in the press release. It is two months early. It probably wouldn't have been hitting until July. Um, so they've pulled it forward because of May 4th. I think there was a lot of expectations. It did. Ha- we kind of had an inkling because... Um, the Spanish Disney website put it up there and then quickly took it down. So we kind of had a feeling, but it was one of those situations of, oh, I'm not running, that's too much of a, if I get that one wrong, <laughs> it's going to be it's too big. Um, so I think it's a great idea. I think, especially with everybody home, I think it's going to be, I mean, May already seems to be quite a stacked month for Disney Plus anyway. And we'll get into that in a bit more um, later on. But good news. The only thing that that does mean now, Thumb Up Monday, we have had all of the 2019 movies. It means we've really kind of hit, oh, we've still got Maleficent coming, obviously, in a two weeks' time. But they've kind of, in some ways, they've really jumped by getting Onward and Frozen 2 and Star Wars all on their mumps earlier than they should have been. And I believe a big gap at the end of the year, I don't know if they've got some other ideas to fill them in with. But it definitely was like, okay, they've really kind of... Disney Plus have had three a bit or three or four big movies within a space of about six weeks with all of this, and I think I think it's great. But at the same time, I'm going, oh, people are going to be like, where's everything else? Like, well, there's nothing. You know, we've had no movies now. Everything that's been announced, been at cinemas, will be out by the end of May in Disney Plus. So it's kind of quite strange. Yeah, I'm sitting here just waiting for Star Wars 10, 11, and 12. You know that Disney has to have them done by now so why aren't they on disney Plus yeah it, oh, yeah there is comments and stuff that come up like this of going oh can't they just release it now and like and like so we, well they've they said all these shows like they've not even filmed them <laughs> it's just like okay it's like okay, right okay i understand you want them and it, but i know everyone's bored at home but they give everything to us i still think star wars being on may 4th while it makes a lot of sense i still think of like they didn't need to do it I thought they had a, a pact. I thought Clone Wars and the gallery and a few other bits and pieces, I thought that was far enough and to keep uh, Rise back for July. But no, they, they, they pulled the trigger. I think it's a good decision. I still think it, it makes a lot of sense. But um, the thing is for me is I only watched it like two, three weeks ago when I got the Blu-ray. So I don't really feel the need to watch it uh, again, like so soon. I mean, I, love, I definitely think people will enjoy it and definitely want to watch it. But I, I'm not going to watch it on Monday because I've really, literally that I watched it a few weeks ago. I watched it when it came out in theaters yeah. like that weekend, and I still think that's recent enough for me, honestly, mm. uh, which is part of the reason I'll have Star Wars. I might do A New Hope, but I'm leaning towards Revenge of the Sith. I'd rather do that than Rise of Skywalker at the moment, honestly. The thing is, I did rewatch the entire Star Wars, all the movies, before, before I went to see number nine. 
in like no in October, November. So it's not like it feels long ago. Um, I might watch Solo a Star Wars Story because I don't remember if I watched that one on that one because that one is available in like the UK. I know it's not available in the US. Right. It's still on net. It's still on Netflix. But yeah, I think I might watch that one instead because of yeah. Just I don't know. Just like with Rise, yeah, I, it's just too soon. <laughs> but I still think it's great. I think the idea of get, definitely a big boost. Um, so I'm gonna move on. On we might as well talk now about. All the stuff that's coming in May. They did. We did put out a video yesterday, going through all of the big releases for the upcoming year ahead. Oh, sorry, not year ahead. The month ahead. Uh, most of which we'd already knew from a few weeks ago from the press release. There was a um, couple of things that were in there. There was a new Spark short called Out, which is going to be coming on May twenty second. Uh, we know nothing about that one other than a little clip of a little dog. I think that one looks pretty cool. Did you see that one? I saw the little clip. Yeah. Um, it obviously, I I really enjoyed yeah. these this entire series. Some mm. I and they're short. I mean, it's and it's got a, and but, it's a dog. I mean, you know, we know Disney Plus has a thing for dogs. You know? <laughs> that's just how it is. I mean, I saw Homeward Bound pop up there. I was like, oh yeah, dogs. Yeah. More dog. it's, it's, yeah. it, it is funny though because it's like yesterday we had uh, the U.S. had. Uh, in this week we've had like National Treasure, Homeward Bound, Homeward Bound 2, Jaws of the Jungle. Well, of course, like Canada and the rest of the world have already had them since they launched, so it's not it wasn't really anything to do for them. But obviously the Prince Princess Bride drops onto the US version and also Canada. So that definitely proves that it was a North American release. So that was a big one. They did a live like a live stream of it last night on Twitter and there's a load of noise about this movie. Do you want to watch it? We're going to do a review of that later this week, uh, later this month because I haven't got around to watching it yet. But that one was a good one. Loads of National Geographic shows, loads of Disney Channel stuff. And that's kind of spread out right the way through the month. The UK and Australia releases got announced. The Australian one is kind of pretty similar to the American one, a few subtle differences. But the UK one was like, oh, we really are getting a real short deal compared to the US because of, I think there's an issue with National Geographic and we're not getting everything straight away. But it was definitely like, oh, doesn't look quite as good as the, the, um, the US lineup. And there was no mention of Maleficent 2. Um, which I know is going to be coming to Spain at the end of May. Uh, end of May, but yeah, the UK wasn't getting Maleficent two on the same date, so lots of movement. We're still in like you got to remember, we're still only like eight weeks since Disney Plus launched in Europe, so we're still kind of getting into the rhythm. It literally was May first on the official website. The list went up, and I was like, okay, we're not even being told about it in advance. Don't know what's going, on. but it was like, okay. Um, but there was one interesting thing on the UK one: a new Disney Plus original called Zenimation. And that was it. It literally said, oh, um, 22nd, Disney Plus original, Zenimation. I Googled it. I could find a trademark, uh, trademark registration from last year from Disney about an entertainment and education show. And I'm like, that's it. We literally know a name of a, rigid, of a Disney Plus original and we know nothing. <laughs> it was like, I don't know if that was supposed to be in that. And I was <laughs> it might not have been. Uh, <laughs> honestly, to a certain degree, it's kind of refreshing to just be like, not know what it's going to be about. Obviously, yeah. based on the, the copyright or the, the trademark <laughs> that you found, it's, it doesn't sound like it's meant for adults. It sounds like it's aimed yeah. at a younger child, but literally we're basing that on like three words from a, yeah. from a copyright description. Um, but yeah, sometimes it, it's just fun where we know everything months in advance and, and even years in some cases. And, and Disney will be like, oh, we're announcing this show. And I'm like, but we heard about that three weeks. Three months ago yeah and 
so even if it turns out to be like nothing particularly interesting to us at the very least it's just like it's got our attention because we have no idea what it's about yeah i mean i was going through the list because i was writing up the re-updating the the maze list for the uk and ireland i'm going it's animation i put it in i went i've never heard of that and i was like looking into it i'm like i'm like okay it was on it was on the official uk website so it's not like it you know they put it out there and i was like okay so this is good so we got a, and they're going man may is one crazy month for disney plus they have like they have taken their normal system and gone yeah we're not doing any of that anymore it's like weekly releases now we're going to get the whole of prop culture at once you're going to get the whole of um uh the big fib all on the same day and you know two big movies in a month and but then we're still going to do weekly releases for these and you're like what are you doing? <laughs> I, I, I'm kind of getting it on the uh, the weekly drops, like the yeah. pop culture kind of one where it just drops yeah. everything at once. The, it seems to be for shows that don't really matter on the week to week. There's no underlying thread. There's no story. There's no hook at the end of it to go, yeah. ooh, I watched the Pirates of the Caribbean pop culture. Now I absolutely have to watch the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids one. Yeah. No, it, it, you, you can just watch them. Whereas mandalorian i presume even the the behind the scenes one will probably follow like an episodic structure of we're building yeah. from this to this to this uh and that seems to be at least right now i know they're experimenting so it might change but that seems to be how it is right now and maybe as well they just kind of go well our data is showing that people are doing this maybe the data is showing that on documentary stuff that it's that people are dropping off i mean the big fear is going to be something completely different for disney plus because it's kind of a game show i know we've got like prop we had um, Shop Class and Be Our Chef, but this one looks, I don't really, we really, really haven't seen anything. It's all like a, a second clip in the May video. And it's like, okay, we're still about, we're two weeks out. And we don't really know very much about this whole, well, three weeks out now. And we don't really know very much about the big fib. And yeah, it's just, it's just a very interesting one. And it's interesting as well, seeing people's reaction to it. Because there's a load of people looking at the May release going, wow, it's a really packed month. And other people going, oh, there's nothing there for me. Or where's all the and it's like well what what were you looking for because i'm looking at it going this is the probably the biggest packed month of releases for may i've seen yes it doesn't have a mandalorian and it doesn't have a marvel series but we were never getting them anyway but the expectations are, and i'm looking at it going wow may is a packed pack it's like every week they are just dropping big seasons of shows onto disney which seems to be their trend i think they're kind of maybe realizing that netflix model does have a merit to it that, yeah, if you've got five shows on National Geographic, drop one a week and you're going to get that binge. And maybe it's worth like the trending of like how people are watching. Of, you know, they're seeing it with Americans' Funniest Most Videos and The Simpsons and Jesse, where people are just like binging the whole lot and they're finding actually that that's actually working well. Whereas I do think with The Clone Wars, I think doing it week to week does make much more sense to keep that momentum building. But for prop culture, would have we be any more excited about the last episode based on the Muppets in eight weeks time than we were today? I don't know. I really don't know with that one, but um, it is the big fib big fib was, is a 15 episodes season as well. So that's quite a big one just to sort of drop that all at once. Yeah. And I can see an argument either way, like using prop culture as an, as an example, we'll talk a bit more about that later. Um, I could definitely see from my, personal point of view that having it as a weekly drop at one per week i would still be excited for it um yeah. because this is the kind of thing that i really enjoy um 
I, I love seeing behind the scenes stuff. I love yeah. seeing like all the little miniatures and bigatures and all that stuff. But at the same time, I can also understand for a lot of people, uh, you know, they would watch maybe the first or the second one as they came and then they'd kind of forget about it yeah, as I new as the bigger stuff. You know, when the Mandalorian behind the scenes drops, a lot of people are going to jump straight to that and they'll forget about, um, you know, new DuckTales episodes or something. Yeah, like I think that was, I think that was definitely, it felt a bit like that with me with, the world according to Jeff Goldblum mm-hmm. and Encore, where I got like very much into like the you know the sixth, seventh, eighth week of it, and just kind of, oh, I don't know if I necessarily would have carried on like, binging it in all in go, but in the UK they did drop both of those shows at once when they launched. They didn't drag them out week to week. And they're doing it with a Hero Project, but I don't quite get that one. But um, by the end of the probably by the end of this month. The UK would have pretty much caught up then with all the new releases and stuff. So I think then we might become a little bit more entangled with what the US released because they're still, you know, we're still getting uh, new episodes of High School Musical and Diary of a Future President and Forky Asks a Question. You know, we're still getting them weekly drop. The Mandalorian only finished yesterday for the UK. You know, so it's maybe for the, they've decided to hold back a little bit because they've still got all of that stuff dropping. Yeah, probably some of that too. And I was also thinking about it that even if it's a show that you're not apathetic about or, or a show that you are looking forward to weekly, let's use Jeff Goldblum. Mm-hmm. You were looking forward to Jeff Goldblum every single week. Yeah. But at some point you go, uh, you know, there's no thread to this. So I can kind of hold off and, wa- and watch these mm-hmm. other things first and catch Jeff Goldblum labor- later. And then at some point you realize, wait, I'm actually three episodes behind on Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. And, and, you, and you make that choice of, uh, well, I haven't actually been missing it, so I'll stop. Or yeah. you go in and just binge the three episodes and get back on the routine. But when it's not a plot-based show, it, it's very easy to to miss a week, and then that week ends up being an entire month. And then yeah, so- I I definitely I did that way. Well, I've done that quite quite a few of the shows. I think Shop Class was one where I did stop for a few weeks and then kind of get back into it. Um, also, it was Diary, uh, yeah, Diary of a Future President, where I kind of watched the first episode, didn't watch it for about four or five weeks, then thought, well, I should really give it a second go, and then kind of binged the rest of it. But then I look at some other shows that we watched, you know, currently, like with The Blacklist, for example, we would put that on on Now TV, and we're doing like two, three episodes because we've got like six, seven seasons to catch up on. And then I was saying this to my mum um, yesterday, uh, she's just, just got a Netflix so she can kind of watch something else rather than awful daytime television. And I said, oh, it's like, you know, it's like, it's like the Tiger King where I binged the entire season in two days because it was just captivating me to go on to the next episode. Had a bit, but that's just, you know, but then everyone is in all at different pages and stuff. But then by within like a few, a few weeks, the whole buzz has gone on that. Yeah, no, now they're talking about that basketball documentary. Uh, that's yeah. the, the big news over here, at least. I can't remember the name of it offhand, or I would drop it. But... Space Jam, the making of, that's as far as I know. On, um, that's my entire basketball knowledge. <laughs> I, I mean, you're not entirely Shaq and, wrong. Shaq and Michael Jordan, that is my entire knowledge of um, base basketball. <laughs> I've, I only have a marginally larger amount of knowledge than that. And I'm not kidding. That's even more knowledge than I know of baseball, because that's what I couldn't <laughs> I grew up watching uh, Roger Clemens and, and Wade Boggs on the on uh, the Red Sox and Cal Ripken Jr. on the 
the Baltimore Orioles. And that right there is about the extent of my knowledge. Yeah, at which point that's gone so far over my head, I haven't got a clue. Right, so moving on from um, baseball, for, which did actually come, how to, play, how to Play Baseball did actually come to Disney Plus this week. So um, uh, it was one of the goofy shorts. <laughs> so, oh, oh. I need to watch it. <laughs> oh, it's one of the, I, I thought it was like a serious, yeah. like maybe aimed at a younger audience. Like, and, and you hold the ball like this for the pitch and the, you know, the catcher holds it. Oh, no, no, okay. Now I know what you're Yeah, yeah, they, they've been releasing them, and they, they've been doing that with a lot of stuff. But like I said, I think the lineup for May, there's a lot of different things in there, different shows to kind of grab your attention. I'm really being drawn into these National Geographic shows. They're the ones that are pulling me in. They're the ones that I'm more interested in. Um, this past week, I recently started watching uh, the Yukon Vet and also some more of Dr. Poe I've done. I'm up to season three of Dr. Poe now, and I'm a couple of episodes in to the Yukon vet. And there's some things like Secrets of the Zoo that drops this week. There's, two, there's Tampa one and also the main one. I've been watching the, the UK version of this for years, so I'm going to be getting on that one. So I'm really kind of, I, this is the kind of stuff that I'm looking forward to. That, the Cars SOS, loads of that, about seven seasons of them dropped on there. That's a British show all about um, restoring old classic cars. Um, yeah, I, I, for me now, I'm looking at it's like going, okay, they're, they're seeming to mix this up. We are getting that mix between the two, between the Disney Channel stuff. And obviously, kids are looking at the National Geographic stuff going, that's really boring. I don't want to watch it. And then kid, adults are like us are going, I'm not watching that kid stuff. <laughs> so it's, it's getting that balance just about right. I think it's hilarious uh, talking to my coworkers who have their kids at home and they're they're youngish kids i think the youngest is around five and the oldest is around 11 and every day it's some sort of complaint about i sat her down to watch the to, to watch these math lessons or to take the zoom with the teacher and within five minutes she's watching you know pony things on youtube I'm like yeah <laughs> good time yeah it is it is it is difficult i think it is i mean i've got quite a few friends as well of now, the idea of them becoming teachers and suddenly realizing just like maybe of how much it takes to do it and just you know yeah it's it's a battle that is is definitely diff difficult for for them because obviously if you never you know if you're trying to teach them day in day out is very different and takes a lot of a lot of work so hopefully with those national geographic stuff there's some this one's like awesome animals which is more of a a kiddie, it's a National Geographic's kid documentary kind of series with an, a 16-year-old narrator. So that might be something that could be used that's just come on this week that could be much more interesting to them than maybe Buried Secrets of the Bible. <laughs> you know, all these different kind of shows that are dropping on there just to try them out. But now I'm looking here, at, like I said, there's just, there were so many different bits and pieces dropping on there. Obviously today we got uh, John Carter in the U.S., I get. I. I re, I'm really. I would be. I'm quite tempted to watch that one. Um, I haven't. I, seen, I haven't yeah. seen it, and I'm actually kind of thinking it might be a fun weekend to watch this. Uh, this this weekend after we record, simply because I've never seen it. It does look like fun, uh, and it. You know, it's on Disney Plus. It's not like I have to go yeah. to the theater to see it. Well, I mean, it had a budget of over three hundred million dollars it's one of the most expensive movies ever made the special effects are fantastic it's the story that inspired star wars you know the, the book is actually older than star wars and stuff and i'd just be like sit there and just enjoy it it's a big blockbuster movie it just the trouble is it didn't 
it didn't resonate with people. And I think it kind of, I don't know, it's like I kind of look at it and go, yeah, it was trying to be a, tri- they wanted it to be a trilogy in this big thing and it never really kind of became that. And kind of watching, go, it's, it's not, it's not dreadful. I, I think it kind of got, you know, like sometimes when a movie gets a, a bad rep, but maybe didn't really deserve it. Yeah, I I can't speak to yeah. to to the actual content obviously because I haven't seen it. But it it really did feel like another one of those situations where people like we want original content, we want something new, we want yeah. something we haven't seen before. Oh, but I'm not actually going to go and see it. I'll just yeah. go watch the Lion King remake instead. I realize there's a ten year gap yeah. between those, but that's not the point. Yeah, no, it's one of those situations. So moving on from there, um, again, it's just. Lots of different bits and pieces, that, but most of which we've already previously known about um, coming to Disney Plus, like Just Roll With It, which was supposed to come out a few weeks ago, Mech, X4, and Vampira. Um, the only one that was interesting that did pop up was Disneyland Goes to World's Fair. It was in the press announcement a few weeks ago, but it was not in the, the video. So therefore, that does indicate that I, that one's maybe a bit iffy if that one will arrive on Disney Plus. The other thing from this past week, there was another series, and I'm just going to bring up the name. It was Survive the Tribe. That one didn't make it onto Disney+. Plus. Out of all of the ones that they put on this week, that one was missing went from the video and also from Disney+. Plus. Because now I've just got into this habit now of every time they announce everything on that day, I go through and check every single one of them is in there because things missing. And I was a bit like... Okay, one series out of maybe 20 things that they announced was not actually a bad ratio. I was a little bit like, that could have been a lot worse after last week. <laughs> could have been. Uh, and I hope that they, they get more consistent with it. It's always frustrating when something is yeah. announced, even if it's not announced in that week, but something that you're expecting on any given week, and then they don't directly say, oh, no, no, it's not actually coming, but then it's not there. There's always that moment of, oh, you, you guys. Yes. So let's move on from there on to some other things from this um, been from this past week. Uh, yeah, new updates to the app. Um, on the this happened first off on iOS and seems to be rolling out across all of the different networks. Uh, Disney Plus have added two new options to the app. First off, you can now go in and basically kick all devices out. So when you go into your a account, you can click on it and you can after you've done the password reset, you can. L- press the button to log out all devices. What this means then is it forces every single device that uses Disney Plus with that account to log back in. And if the password is incorrect, it means they can't get into it. So maybe if you've had somebody hack into your account and set up a brand new uh, thing and you've been wondering who this guy is and trying to get rid of them and they can't get rid of it, now you're going to be able to get rid of them because they won't be able to log back in. The only reason usually that they were able to log in was primarily because someone has managed to have, have your, you generally your username and password were leaked on a previous company's leak or a, a breach or a hack. For example, maybe like MySpace or YouTube or some company or something like that. And that information has been sold on and they've, then they just try out all of those usernames and passwords on every single different streaming and different platform, every website, because most people use the same passwords. So there's always been this kind of weird thing of going, I've been, they've been hacked and someone, well, no, this, you, they, someone got into your account usually because someone's already known your password rather than they've actually physically hacked into Disney and got the information. But the important thing is now you can kick them out. And more so, more importantly, if you have broken up with someone and you no longer want them to have access to your Disney Plus app, that's when you can kick them out. 
So if you've broken up, and I, <laughs> I did that in the video, and um, there was those kind of things of quite a few comments ago. Yeah, that is like, yeah, because you know, there's kind of stories of like somebody like messaging them like years later going, why have you changed the Netflix account? And they're like, who are you? And they're like, well, I use this Netflix account. Well, why? Well, I'm friends with your ex-boyfriend. And they're like, no, get <laughs> So yeah. you can kind of kick all these out now. <laughs> I, I have a, a fun story with that. I was, this was a long time ago. I was sharing a Netflix account with my girlfriend at the time. We broke up. Um, and and I, I moved away. So we didn't see each other at all. And I got a random text, like, I don't know, six or seven months after we broke up and and she's like, I see you've been watching this. Is this what you've been, is this what you've been replacing me with? I'm like, wow. Okay. <laughs> it wasn't even anything like, like, it was like, I don't know. Um, I don't know it was some action show that, yeah. that starred a woman. And that was, that yeah. was something yeah. that offended her so much that she had to, to re, <laughs> reconnect with me after six months to yell at me. It's like, all right, yeah. yep, kick yeah. everybody out. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I mean, that also goes the other way. I've, um, I've had it with Netflix and Spotify. It was literally only a couple of weeks ago I had it with Spotify. Someone in Argentina had logged into my account. So I'm like, okay, log in, kick everybody out, do the password reset, problem solved. And this is like, finally Disney have done this. I mean, it should have been there right built in from day one. Why it wasn't, don't know. So glad it's in there. It's, I think that's really going to help. Obviously, it just... It just helps. So it's, like, it's such a stupid thing that when it happens to people, people get angry and annoyed and, you know, it just shouldn't have been there. Well, this feature, the ability to kick uh, all devices off should have been there at launch. It, this is a big oversight. I'm glad it's there now. Uh, but considering how long the Disney Plus has been out now, this really should have been there a while ago. Yeah, it's yeah. It just seems just seems very strange. And there was also another update. And I'm just trying to re remember remind myself of what one it was. Um, oh yeah, data. What you can do is before, if you're on like your mobile device, you can go in there and you can select that. If you're maybe on 4G or 5G or whatever, you can select what quality you want your video. But a lot of people were complaining when they got Disney Plus that their data. Their data usage just skyrocketed because they were offering everything in 4K and HD and all the rest of it. And whereas, like for us in the UK, we don't have really data caps. We can it's most of them are unlimited, so it's not never really something that we have to look at. But I know in America it's very different, and so a lot of people were like, "Wow, my data is really flying up." So what it means now is, say, like your kid is on their iPad, you can now set it to be standard definition. Um, and it can reduce your data by about uh, 75% from two gigs an hour to 0 0.6 gigs an hour. So if you don't, if you, if they're kids and stuff, they're not really going to notice if it's in 4k or HD, especially on a little screen on your mobile, on your mobile or something like that, get it down to bring down your data. And then maybe you can turn it on and off on maybe on, I don't know if you can do it per profile, but I think it's, um, it's just that situation that it can help you with data. A lot of people have been asking for it. You know, if you only want to watch stuff in standard definition, if you've only got a basic, maybe stream, a low internet account, it would just help. It's just not, it's, you know, they had it there with one option, but they didn't have it with the other option. So I don't know. And I'm just glad that it's been put in. It's important to have options one way or another, because there's a lot of places here in the States, at least that still don't have proper high speed uh, internet. We're talking mostly rural places. Most of the cities are pretty much covered, but for a lot of people, uh, there's still people on dial up out here for some, yeah. Yeah. You know, that's the kind of bandwidth you're working on. And yeah, I, I hate data caps. I think they're, 
really stupid. But at the same time, we're also seeing all of the major video companies, not just Disney Plus, uh, not just offering these options, but actually even when you, you are streaming the higher definition options, uh, those are being throttled uh, by yeah. the companies. So even if you're doing uh, HD or 4K on Disney Plus right now, it's actually still lower resolution than it was before all this started. And that was to protect the networks. Well, uh, that's what's happened over here. In, I'm just going um, to, I don't think they've done it, started doing it yet, but over here, they just, they just didn't offer 4K. Mm-hmm. They just didn't. They just didn't offer it on on anything. So yeah, it's just been one of those sort of things of didn't do it, and that was their way of getting around. I I don't think they were quite as technically advanced as Netflix, where they could alter it and all the rest of it. I think it was as long as just whip 4K out. That <laughs> um, hopefully it will come once everyone once everyone starts getting back to some kind of normality and people are out and stuff. That's really what the kind of important thing really is from there on. Um, so yeah, so two good things really from the app's point of view. Some sad news really in some ways, um, because obviously the success of Disney Plus and the way that it, and the way more really that how kids and people are watching television through streaming devices and video on demand, there's been a lot of Disney channels close around the world in the last few days. Um, in Italy, Australia, Germany, France, and Spain, and also in the UK, there've been a number of clo- closes, including Disney channels, Disney Junior, Disney XDs, the UK one was just the, the, the Times Plus one, you know, the one plus. But yeah, a lot of the channels are starting, they've been, and they've been slowly closing down for the last six months, really, of just clearing everything off because they're just putting everything onto Disney Plus. The interesting thing with that, for example, in like in Australia, they've started getting like mid season drops of some of the Disney Channel shows. So, like the Tots show, for example, they've got the first half of the season, mid, the midway point, because now they've obviously got no channel to wait for. Just, so, we might start seeing a difference in those countries. But I think, I don't think necessarily the Disney Channel is going anywhere for a while. But internationally, they just, I mean, if you look at the data from the last four to five years of children's channels, they are just hemorrhaging viewers because kids just are not watching static live or live television where they sit down at seven o'clock and watch a show you know they everything is on demand you know that's why disney now got made and why disney plus is so important but yeah it's a big thing i mean this generally brings up a lot of people going oh you can't get rid of it so yeah but you've got into your habit and that's fine for you but there's the next generation coming in behind that's the issue yeah and kids are are very well trained on how to to pop onto the ipad or the the kindle fire or something and just watch the you know the same episode of Kalu over and over and over again. They they know how to do it, and they and it and they don't need the schedule anymore. And it's more than just that too. Uh, it's not just the kids stuff. You know, the reason we had five Disney channels, two History channels, uh, you know, four Fox channels, yeah. eight different whatever channels, is because they're holdovers from when we didn't have streaming on demand or Netflix style apps. Because if if you missed the show, there was no way to re-watch the show you didn't have TiVo you didn't have a DVR so these secondary channels popped up as a place where they could re re-air content yeah. or air um less popular content but now you don't have to do that anymore because yeah, th- if, oh, yeah. if, if you miss the episode of DuckTales well if you if you're a cable subscriber more often than not you can just uh go into the on-demand content it'll be free because it's very recently aired pop it on or if you've got disney plus you may not be able to get up to the minute um ducktales or or whatever yeah. 
but it will be there and you can rewatch it to your heart's content. Honestly, I'm surprised it took this long. I'm, I'm surprised it took Disney Plus or Netflix to, to get rid of these channels because that whole dynamic of watching stuff live hasn't really existed properly for at least a yeah, decade. I think a lot of it has come down to, I know a lot of it has come down to the deals with Sky and, and Foxtel in like Europe and in Australia where the contracts are coming to an end. Like, the, like for example, now like in Sky around Europe, they off and in New Zealand and Australia, they, they are kind of similar where the Sky bundles with the kids' channels no longer have any Disney channels. You know, they're like Nickelodeon and, you know, they're not in there, where they've always been in there up till now. Um, the Sky have still got some of the Disney channels, but there's no video on demand content. But they're now offering Disney Plus through their new boxes. So there's kind of getting around it that way. But this is the kind of thing of they've, all the new, all the deals have been kind of coming to an end and moving on and all the rest of it. But it's definitely, you know, like I said, the, the, t- the time shift channels, because I remember there used to be loads of them as well for a while because that was how it worked. I mean, when I think back to, you know, being a kid, if we had four TV channels and you used to sit there with a VHS and you had to, re- you know, you used to try and record it. And I remember being like 14 and wanting to record like the Amazing Spider-Man and the Batman cartoons when I went off and did my Saturday job of setting up my VCR and having to record the whole Saturday morning slot because you never, they, they, they never, never tired <laughs> when you, it was really annoying. Spider-Man, they, they kind of go, well, it'll be on at maybe quarter past 10, but if they were running late, it was, there was no, so you had to record the whole thing and just speed through it. But you know, you can't imagine trying to say that to kids. <laughs> now going, oh, you want to watch the new episode of DuckTales? Yes. 10 o'clock Saturday morning. Yeah. You miss it. Well, and the other thing, you know, of oh yeah you just liked rise of the skywalker yeah it'll be on television on channel four in um 2024 at christmas <laughs> you have to wait four years for it. it was always a really big deal when when major motion pictures first made it onto tv that was what made hbo yeah. popular back in the day um yeah I, I remember getting all excited when oh it's the broadcast premiere of such and such movie this is gonna, the lion king is going to be on disney it's like five years after the movie came yeah. out event on vhs for three of those already but it's super exciting Mm. and i yeah it's definitely one of those like 90s child's thing where i would go into my sister's room as a kid and it would just be walls of vhs tapes because she recorded you know um uh, her figure skating competitions or or gem in the holograms Mm. things like that and just so many vhs's yeah yeah we all had our own tape oh and 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 they only stored at most like two three hours yeah Yeah. two or three hours maybe you had long you had to have long play now yeah, you had to have the long play. By <laughs> default, they had, they had like 90 minutes. Yeah. And so if you had movies like, I remember Titanic being on two VHSs, the right stuff being on two VHSs. It, it is a different time. And I, I, it's that strange thing as well. You think back now of like long play to a stretch of three hour tape out to six hours, but you reduce the quality. I mean, we're talking about 240p maybe, you know, <laughs> watching it on these little TVs. But it is strange of just like kind of looking back of like how it's all moved on. And, but in some ways it's like people there was a story going on on the facebook group earlier about you know, a lot of people were chiming in on their favorite shows from like the 96 to 2000 on the disney channel and then a lot of people went, no they're rubbish and or people go oh i don't like all the new stuff it's not as good as the stuff that was out in like 19 you know, like 2015 and like you kind of think yeah, but you've grown up you're you know you look back on those childhood shows of what you grew up on and the ones that william watched now will not are not made for you so yeah i grew up watching disney cartoons 
where things like Rescue Rangers and DuckTales and stuff. So therefore, for me, that has a nostalgic view of that was what I watched as a kid. Yeah, watching, I don't know, Jesse or The Sweet Life of Cody and something, I, that was not my, you know, I was 20 odd years old by they came out. They weren't made for me. So I find it quite funny how some people are like, they're still kind of wanting to watch all the Disney stuff, but they don't like any of the new things because they don't, it's not as good as it was. And it's like, yeah, but it's not, wasn't for you. <laughs> it's like, you've grown up a bit. You know, if you're 50, if you're 14, 13, you, yeah, you might not like a show made for an eight, a seven or eight year old. It's fine. You don't have to, <laughs> but it's yeah. a weird thing. It's perfectly fine to not like the current generation of TV shows because you didn't grow up with them. It's also worth remembering, of course, that while we tend to to hold, you know, the Disney afternoon cartoons mm. up on a pedestal, Darkwing Duck yeah. and, and stuff like that, there's a bit of survivorship bias going on there too. We remember the really good stuff and we don't remember the really bad stuff. And when you're watching stuff that's coming out right now, you're getting the good and the bad. You really have to yeah. come back in 10 years ago. These are the ones the kids are still, or, or that the yeah. people still remember as good. And let's be honest, the best bits were always just in the intro. That was the bit you remembered. <laughs> I, I still have Rescue Rangers, Darkwing Duck, and DuckTales, the, the theme yeah. songs right up here. I can, yeah, it's, it is, it, yeah it's, just, it's just like a different way of like looking at them. But yeah, those channels are kind of, all kind of coming to an end. And I think it's going to happen. I think as far as like the US goes, I don't necessarily think they're going to go anytime soon because there's still an audience to them. They're still watching them. Whether or not they just reduce down to two channels. I mean, I think Disney XD might be a little bit ropey of whether or not they carry on with that, that third channel. But they can just keep running them as long as people are watching them. And more importantly, the cable companies have got viewers and they're making money from advertising and they're being paid for them. They'll keep to do them. But I think internationally, they're just moving just that kind of content. This is why all these big television networks are all trying to offer you things like Disney Plus and Netflix through their device boxes because they know that the audience, you know, it's well, so you don't need it. It's not even that. Uh, announced this week, Hulu would offer HBO Max yeah. through the service. It's like, but, but yeah. why? And I mean, I get it. It's nice to have things yeah. consolidated and it, and if it's the way that we get Studio Ghibli films on a Disney platform, even if it's Hulu, yeah. it's like, but if I'm going to get HBO Max, I'm just going to get HBO Max. I'm not going to do it I through didn't, Hulu. I must be honest. I, I, this, cause this came through and there was a press release from HBO Max for it and it came through and I went, okay, cool. And I go, and it's like, cause obviously like Hulu offers like stars and HBO and stuff through it. It's like, but surely you just flip into a different app. I mean, on my yeah. TV, on my Xbox, you know, Disney Plus, Netflix, Amazon, WWE, and, you know, you jump around between all these different apps and that's just kind of your standard way of doing it. I mean, well, why would I, it's like accessing Netflix through my BBC iPlayer. It's like, why do I, <laughs> don't yeah. like, it, it's one thing if it's on like a set-top box. Yeah, a, lot yeah, of those, yeah. a lot of those would be like, I, if, if you search for Daredevil, yeah. on a, on a on a set top box it'll give you both the video on demand maybe the ben affleck movie yeah but it, if you have a netflix account linked to it it'll also be oh and on yeah. netflix you can watch these three seasons of daredevil and maybe you want the defenders yeah that i can see yeah but going uh we want you to watch um westworld through hulu it'd be like no i'm just gonna watch westworld on the hbo app yeah, I, I, I did find it strange. It's almost that thing of like Hulu trying to maybe become a platform um, rather than 
I don't know, but I mean, the, in some ways it was like, okay, they're doing HBO Max, that's one thing, maybe HBO, I mean, HBO is in this weird spot right now where they've got three completely different streaming services all running at the same time, Go Max and, um, what is it, Go Max and, what's the other one? Now, now, that's yeah. it. No, no, there's HBO Go, HBO Now, and HBO Max, all of which are all three different streaming services. And you know, going, well, okay, that makes sense. I mean, it's no different really than Disney Now and Disney Plus, you know, kind of these different things. But yeah, they'll, just, they'll consolidate it at some point. I mean, that's a given, but it is confusing for the moment. But it, uh, I guess we're going yeah. a little tangent on this one. But uh, the other thing is, if you have HBO, through cable provider, or you already have one of these other apps, then HBO, uh, HBO Max, at least one of the tiers of it, is available to you automatically yeah. as part of your regular HBO subscription. Yeah. If you already have that, I can't see you doing something special to also get HBO through Hulu, because that's just more money on top of what you're already yeah. spending. Don't know, it's, it's all, a bit, all a bit confusing, but I think right now, I think it's just trying to, they're trying to work out what they're doing. I think things like Disney Now as well, it's like, a, it's, a, it's a, a leftover event from, cable and they're going to be looking at it soon i can't imagine in the phenomenal future that both platforms will run much longer i can't i just can't see how it, market confusion is a serious thing and yes. you, you don't want to sign up for hbo go thinking you're going to get hbo max and uh and that's going to be an angry call to support yeah. which nobody's going to enjoy Right, so moving on from there, that kind of covers most of the news. And um, before we get into that one, I just kind of um, was thinking of just jumping in and just giving a bit of update on something called trending. So this is something I usually do an article on Sundays, and I'll be doing that again tomorrow, where we take a look and see what is trending currently on Disney+. Plus. Um, it's very interesting looking at it week to week of what some of the shows don't seem to just, the movies, they just move places. Um, you know, they, they might go from spot 22 to 23. And, and then sometimes there'll be like a new movie will hit and become really popular and fly out. You know, maybe like The Princess Bride or something like that will drop in now, become very popular. And then they vanish. And then you, But you can also see as well, some shows and movies become very popular for a long length of time. And it's been very interesting, like watching it, you know, it's like already like Princess Bride is now already in the top 10. But it te- it's a, it's, you definitely see this like repeat kids just repeatedly watching the same things, but also shows like Star Wars, The Clone Wars, so, and Simpsons, and America's Funniest Most Videos it seems to be another one, where people are just watching episode after episode after episode. And I just thought it was quite funny, like looking at, look, I do this like every week and just going, it's how there's not a lot of movement in there, but suddenly then, you know, you can, see, you can definitely see how. Disney Plus is, you know, how many kids are just, are they just watching Moana? Moana just has not moved out of the top yeah. six or seven movies in months. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I don't even have to scroll sideways. Moana is just right there on the block yeah. every single time. Uh, it is kind of fun. And it's an interesting metric on how people, because we don't know what the actual numbers are. We don't no. know, like, how many people watched the Clone Wars episodes this week. But it is the number one on trending right now. Yeah. It's at least on my yeah, screen. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And it's something I've been, I've been sort of doing. And I kind of do it like, I almost do it like as a top 25 where I kind of, you know, where was it last week? Is it a new it? And kind of putting a bit into, because we don't get any stats and I don't think we are going to get any stats. So it's kind of, I've turned it into like my, like doing a top 25 each week. And, but there's also the thing of like, like Netflix is ones, they change daily quite rapidly because they have one. And um, 
they've put up this, I know what's on Netflix, they've put up a new web, a new thing where they're sort of tracking them in different countries and they're moving constantly. And I look at the Disney Plus going, yeah, it, they, they might shuffle a little bit, but it's not really till Friday till the weekend till there's a big shift with all the new content. But it's, there's, it is primarily the same movies, just I think kids are just watching over and over again. Well, and not just kids. The fact that The Simpsons is on the top three pretty much yeah. always. That I, I could see kids watching it, certainly. Yeah. Uh, it is a kid's show despite what, what many yeah. people will try to argue. But I think that most of the people <laughs> watching that uh, are in more our age demographic. Yeah. But also, this one is, it's like, it's a, if, it's, if it's a count, if it's like, if you watch four episodes of The Simpsons as a count, it's four separate viewing. It's not, it's taking the whole, each view as a view, so therefore it's much higher. But when you start seeing things like Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, it's pretty much in the top five consistently. That is just kid in front of it, turn it on and let it go kind of thing. And I just find it's just, and the other one as well, sometimes a show will be on there like Jesse, where I'm like going, okay, this one just does not seem to be moving away from the, so it's like, it can almost highlight a show that you might not necessarily be aware of going, okay, there's a lot of people interested in this show. Constantly. Yeah. I, I think I mentioned it when it came out on Disney Plus. I'd never heard of this show, no. Jesse, but it's consistently sitting up in the top 10. People are watching it. And I'm, I'm glad that people are finding something to enjoy that in America's home, Funniest Home Videos yeah. and stuff like that. Because a lot of the things on this list aren't surprising, as you were no. mentioning. Frozen 2, Moana, Onward. Yeah, you expect those to be on there because they're mm. they're they're either the new one like onward or they're ones that you know you can just play mm. on repeat for your for your very young child jesse is a that's a surprise yeah yeah it's, it's definitely interesting to go on with what they're doing with that one but just something um just something i wanted to bring up so moving on now i'm going to get into some uh, show reviews so first off let's talk about prop culture um, what did you think of it? Because I told you my ideas, my thought of, it, of the three first episodes last week, The Nightmare Before Christmas, uh, Tron, and Mary Poppins. But what did you watch? So I watched two. I watched Pirates of the Caribbean and Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. And the second mm-hmm. one was actually in, in kind of an accident because I'm used to watching the shows as they come out, like yeah. Clone Wars. And so when uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean one ended, I wasn't really thinking about it. And then it just started right yeah. into Honey. I was like, oh, right, that's a thing, autoplay. Yeah. Um, I was going to watch uh, the, the Muppet one, but yeah. I was like, all right, well, this one's already that's, started. That, that, is, with it. That, that is a good one. I, well, I'm looking forward to it. It's the next yeah. one I'm going to watch. Uh, I really love the Pirates of the Caribbean. Did you watch either of those two? Yes, I've watched both of them. Those, yes, okay. I did watch both of them. So The only one I haven't watched yet was the Roger Rabbit one. I did watch... F- Four, oh, that's four, right. Yeah, you mentioned yeah I've watched four episodes this morning. So um, I watched one. Oh, no, I watched one last night and a few more this morning um, because I already watched three earlier in the week um, as an early version. And uh, yeah, I was just like, this is so good. This is a really good series. But what else? What did you think of it? I loved the Pirates of the Caribbean one. You know, they, they had a lot of props from it. And then they found the, the Black Pearl from uh, the second yeah. two movies, two and three. Uh, seeing all the various things and then you know seeing the process behind it where they yeah. talk to the people who designed them or the people who had them that was great it, it gives you a little bit more insight into how much work goes into these movies mm. uh you know that model of the black pearl looks yeah. fantastic even now uh yeah. many many years later uh talking to the blacksmith about the swords was great uh and then i'm just going to jump into Tony you mm. kids we'll kind of bounce around here yeah. a bit uh, I wasn't quite as impressed with that one. It was cool they got Rick Moranis in there to talk about that it. Was, that was that very, was the big one. 
and, and I assume that was largely because uh, by the time they recorded this, they were probably already in talks about getting him back yeah. to the show, uh, which will be coming yeah. at some point. Uh, but there wasn't quite as much to that one. That you know, they found the gun or the yeah. the, the shrink ray, which was cool, and then they had like the the decomposed ant head. And yeah. it, it's not that the ant was decomposed; it's the prop yeah. had decomposed. And then there really wasn't much else. They had a couple of knickknacks from Rick Moranis's character, yeah. and the Casio broken watch. Uh, and you could definitely tell the difference between that and Pirates and presumably several of the other ones, whereas like these have really been really well preserved and there's a lot of history to these and this movie from the 80s, uh, there's not there's not much left. Yeah, no, I thought um, I thought the one with the Honey, I Shot the Kids, because I love that movie, but it was a lo- definitely along the lines of, uh, yeah, they haven't got a lot of props left. It's either all like biodegraded and just fallen away because it's just not or Maybe at that time with the um, Disney, maybe weren't maybe so pro. Maybe we're looking at these movies, going, "Yeah, we've got stacks of stuff. These stuff aren't important." So, whereas by the time I, Pirates came along, they were like, "We are keeping everything." <laughs> I I think the attitude has changed a lot. Um, yeah. The idea of keeping props, of keeping pieces of the movies, didn't really. I mean, it's always existed for the yeah. actors and the crew, where they would take a little piece of yeah. memorabilia with them and and have it as a reminder of what they worked on but the idea of museums of prop culture of props of being of having people go through the archives really is a more recent thing and i realized that you know we've had the backlog tour we've had stuff like that but they you can tell even there they don't really care a lot of it's exposed to the elements they're in florida they're getting destroyed yeah and and no one's really going for it and you could see it in the honey i shrunk the kids one with the well both with the ant head and then also with the gun itself yeah uh, which had degraded a bit, had been modified for future movies, and a whole thing of the episode was them bringing it back to the way it used to be. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's interesting, and I suspect the same with with movies like Tron, uh, yeah. Who Framed Roger Rabbit. A lot of the props just don't exist yeah. anymore. Yeah, there was a there. I think there was a definite big difference between the two being a bit more modern, um, and as a whole, looking at at the seven episodes I've seen so far like for example the Chronicles of Narnia one definitely seems to be along the lines of there's a lot more for that Nightmare Before Christmas a different thing entirely but I thought with the Honey I Shook the Kids ones like they haven't got a lot to go on but getting the three kid actors and then getting Rick Moranis together I mean when he came on screen I was like oh wow okay I was like I was not expecting that and I was like okay that was a big kind of play really because because he doesn't do a lot of interviews he doesn't do a lot i thought that was i mean without him i don't know quite the show would have might have been a little bit less but i that kind of boosted it up into being okay no this is this is good this is worth watching i i suspect if they couldn't have gotten him on for whatever reason they probably would have done a completely different movie instead of the honey i shrunk the kids franchise and i think again it's at least partly to remind people that honey i shrunk the kids is there in advance of shrunk coming out whenever that uh, whenever they're able to get that one done. So, what did you think of like the style and like obviously like Dan as a presenter for this one? I mean, it was the, it's perfectly fine. It's typical for that that yeah. kind of thing. There was another prop show in the late aughts, yeah. so like oh nine oh eight. It wasn't Disney centric, yeah. but it did occasionally have Disney stuff on it. Very similar format. They they did that one as more of like an auction house style. It's yeah. meant to be the the. Um, that Pawn Stars kind of thing, but with movie props. It was very similar to that minus the whole, we're going to sell these afterwards. Yeah. Uh, 
it works. It's nothing yeah. special, but it works. It gets the point across. You get to see a lot of different props and they give you a little bit of background. Mm. Honestly, it's, it's what I want for it. I think it was kind of, one of the, I think the other good thing for me was why I maybe look at it slightly better in the, some ways of it, it does, like I said before, it feels like an, it's aimed at adults. It's not talking down to you at all, is it? It's not like being fluffed up for kids. It, it feels like it's being presented for everybody. I was kind of interested in how many industry terms they were throwing around without giving any context yeah. to them, which uh, on the one hand, I was like, okay, cool. They, they, they're just kind of assuming that you have a knowledge base on this mm. and, and uh, they're not going to, as you said, talk down yeah. to you. And, and well, a prop is an item that you yeah. use and get, you know, that kind of nonsense. Yeah. At the same time, there were a couple of terms thrown in there. It was like, maybe you should explain that one. Cause yeah. I don't think that's a common usage term, things like that. Or even terms that you might misinterpret, like they were talking about the hero sword in yeah. uh, in Pirates of the Caribbean. You're like, oh, it's the sword the hero uses. Uh, no, actually, that means something different. Yeah, uh, I just, yeah. I just found as a whole, it was like, and also like even just going out to the Caribbean for that episode of and the way they do the, do the graphics and stuff. It's all kind of reminded a little bit of the like the the world according to Jeff Goldblum. Where it's like, no, they've spent some money on this show. They've not just. It's not. A, it didn't feel like a cheap show. Yeah, and I really appreciated that with the pirates where they would show, oh, here's the natural formation, here's how it yeah. looked in the movie. And and so you could get yeah. you could understand what they were talking about. It's like we this this informed how we wrote the story and it informed how we shot the shots. And it's like, oh yeah, I, I get it. You can see the formations and see I yeah. Yeah. I was go gonna say, because I whenever I go anywhere, because I, I love to travel and I've been to loads of places and I have gone to so many um tours. And I do tours where they will go like, this is where they film this. And this is what they did there. And I've always been intrigued by that. And you go there, you know, you do the tours in New York and go, there, they film this here. Or you're in Los Angeles. This is the bit where they film that. Or, you know, I've been in so many different places where they go, this was this was the location for this. And I love all of that because that's like the real, that's like, you know, if I was to go to um, that island, that would be, I'd be there going, yeah, can we do a day trip? I want to go to see where they film the Pirates of the Caribbean. That to me, I have gone to so many locations around the world because oh, they filmed that there, and I kind of want to see what they've done. And you know, usually touristy and stuff. When you look at it, and then you see the movie comes and you go, oh, I've been there. <laughs> and, you know, and, yeah, especially I know when I because I've done a lot of touring around the US of going to the different locations and stuff of, and I just find that whole thing when a movie comes out. Oh, you know that. I just love all of that side of things. I'm really glad they went off and they've been, they weren't just, everything was just in a studio in Burbank. <laughs> right. And, and, you know, there was some of that going on too, when they were talking about honey, I shrunk the kids about how the movie would have been shot completely differently now, because yeah. a lot of it would be CGI. They wouldn't have been using the stop motion, which was kind of cool to see. Uh, and it's both good and bad because mm. it lets you shoot things that you couldn't shoot before on a much lower budget. But on the other hand, you do lose some of that tangibility mm. to it. Um, and I also wanted to say, uh, as you were mentioning, this is another one of those uh, very different in the 80s and 90s than it is now. Yeah. A lot of these movie locations, the on-location sets, have become tourist attractions. Yeah. You know, you, you can go to New Zealand and you can go visit Hobbiton uh, mm -hmm. and, and from the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit movies. You can go, yeah. you can go to the Lars Farmstead in, uh, I think it's Tunisia, uh, you know, where they, they shot some of the Tunisia, Star Wars yeah, and, yeah in Tunisia um, my parents Tunisia, have been sorry. there and they've and been there and you know at the minute it's all full of sand because there's no one going but you go to these places and they do have them all set up um 
I, when I was in New Zealand, I went and did some stuff with, with the, the Lord of the Rings things because it was out at the time. It was like, you know, oh, this is where they filmed this. And this, yeah, and it, and it does all bring into all of that kind of thing. Of if you're into films, it does all. And I just think as a whole, I've always been interested in how they make them. I always sit there and watch the makings of, and it always felt like this was such a, this wasn't just a fluff piece chucked onto a DVD. They've put some effort into it. Absolutely. Although you could tell some of the pieces had been re- recycled from DVD bits, but, or, yeah. or they would have ended up, but yeah, it, it's amazing that culture. And I think to be honest, Disneyland, Disney world, universal mm. Studios, stuff like that have really kind of added to it as mm. well, because a large part of those is not, is no longer just the rides, but like going to universal studios and going to Diagon alley for, yeah. from the Harry Potter movies or going to, toontown in disneyland and and just being in there it makes you feel more connected to the movies and and props make you even more connected to the movies because this was this was the thing johnny depp held this is the thing rick moranis used this is the the baseball that that screwed up the laser all that kind of stuff yeah no i think i think it's great and i just think and i also feel as well getting somebody in that kind of has a passion for it helped that show it helped bring it up right it it wasn't just hello uh, this is this and this is that and it's like yeah you know you could tell you know and at certain points like he walks in and meets someone and you can tell he's got that real kind of like wow <laughs> you, sort of see that. you know he lo- you know he's enjoying that absolutely he, he you can you can tell when somebody is into what they're doing yeah. and and he's obviously into the collecting but then he yeah. he was able to find people who were also passionate yeah. about this because it's just like any other industry. There are people there who love it and there are people there who it's just a job. It's a paycheck. And, and you can absolutely tell the difference. It doesn't reflect in the quality of the work, but it does reflect in how they talk about it. And he was able to find some very uh, cool people to talk to, especially when they were doing um, the clothing, Jack yeah. Sparrow and Captain Barbosa's outfits. Yeah. And that woman, you could just, t- I love the clip, the behind the scenes clips of her from like just, just on set. <laughs> She seemed to be having a ball. I, yeah. She was having so much fun on that set. No, I think it's, def- it's definitely, uh, it's, it's a highlight. It's, I definitely put it in some of the best series, the best series um, that we've had for a long time. And I just like, it, it felt it f- like a proper TV series. It felt like something I would sit down and watch on Netflix or on TV at night. It's something I know like my wife wouldn't want to watch because she doesn't like behind, she's not interested in it at all. But for me, this is something I would watch. I would watch on any channel that it was on and about any movie. Cause I like, you know, like those, they've done a few on like Netflix as well. These are the kind of things I would have watched regardless of whatever network it was on. I would have watched this regardless. So I think uh, the one thing I would like to see moving forward, if they do a second season, I hope they do a second season mm-hmm. um, would be some of the Pixar movies, which sounds yeah. weird because they're completely digital, but they leave behind a surprising number of props, uh, mm-hmm in the Pixar's like if you go back to the Toy Story movies they've got they they actually build sculptures which they then scan into the computer and if he could find some of those things I think that would be a really interesting uh look for people because I think a lot of people like I don't know there's no footprint for Toy Story or a Bug's Life or any of these things it's like no actually a surprising amount of physical stuff gets made for these i mean to be honest i looked at this and i'm just like going they've got star wars they've got marvel they've got fox this is a series that they can just you know if the people watch it and the viewing figures are good enough they will keep because at the end of the day this is a a lot of the stuff is already in their vault and they've got access to it in some ways it's it's got to be a relatively cheaper tv series to make because it's they've then got to jump through all the hoops and stuff to make it 
and there's it's just hopefully people watch it and i can't really kind of stress that really enough of in some ways of this is the thing of dropping the whole season at once i feel like i don't want this series just to get lost in a week <laughs> no this is something i'll come back to i even though i i only saw the, the two episodes right now i'm going to go back and see the rest i'm, I'm planning on watching the muppets or later today honestly i'm going to watch the rest of them probably in order at that point but i, I cherry picked the ones that i wanted to see most they could do an entire spinoff just of marvel i mean they've yeah. got 10 years of movie but two years of two movies per year for most of that television shows netflix shows hulu shows freeform They've got so many props that they well, could do an that, entire spin-up. Not, spin not only that, but they can go and do Fantastic Four, the movie. They mm-hmm. can go do the X-Men movie. They've got lots of things. But now oh, let's move oh, on. Get, the, get them the Captain America props from the 1980s. See if they get the <laughs> motorcycle. I'm sure it doesn't, but that would be awesome. Yeah. So moving on from there, let's jump into the last thing, which is Star Wars, The Clone Wars. We've got the penultimate episode. The last one's going to be coming on May the 4th. What did you think of this last episode? I loved it. I mean, yeah. uh, not quite as good yeah. as the previous episode, but also very good Good for very different reasons. Like the, mm-hmm. the entire tone of this episode is completely different from pretty much anything we've gotten yeah. in Star Wars period up to this point. The closest I could think of is that scene in Rogue One where Darth Vader shows up at the end mm-hmm. and, you know. Yeah, it did give not, me, there was, there was a scene with more that gave, gave me that vibe. Yeah, and, it, and it's not the the second half of that scene where he starts like just cutting his way through the rebels. It's the buildup to that scene where the rebels are in the hallway, the door is stuck. And then you get that silence lightsaber and just pure tension. And like half of this episode had that vibe going for it. The only thing I was a little bit like, wasn't so keen on was the whole sub thing of like saving Rex. It was like this feels a little. I don't. I know they had to do it because, but it would have been much nicer had he been able to control him. I mean, he did try to control himself a little bit, but it and because they don't. They already said in Rebels that he removed, he removed his chip, so we knew it was happening. But it was a little bit along the lines of, I don't know. It, I don't. It was a strange one. I was. I was not, this one wasn't as good as the last two episodes. And obviously, we had that epic moment with. Know, the order going through and the how they showed it and they completely showed it from her point of view didn't bother about what else is going on because we've already seen what anakin and obi-wan are doing but yeah i just thought that was something that was like it was a little bit dragged out i mean obviously it's got to go somewhere but i wasn't actually expecting the order i thought that was going to come in the finale i i wasn't sure when the order would come i knew i knew it was coming in one of these two episodes it was interesting how they integrated it into this um and i i would say this entire arc you know hmm. uh I'm just going to assume the fourth episode is probably as good as the rest of them. Yeah. Uh, this entire arc is kind of a masterclass in how to integrate a story into an already existing story because a lot of the tension in the episode, including Rex and Ahsoka is we already know what's going to happen. We know order 66 is coming down. The, uh, we know, you know, that Mace Windu is going to go confront the chancellor. We know the things that he's not telling Ahsoka. So we've got that traditional dramatic irony going on and they used it so well to just build that tension, build that tension, that whole sequence with them transferring Maul uh, from planet Mandalore to, to the, uh, I was going to say death star, the star destroyer was, uh, and, and you, you have that tension and they've got that, that music just kind of like building into it and like, Oh, this is going to end so badly so badly and they just played with it so well and i really loved as well that, that maul also i mean i you kind of expected he would do but he felt the disturbance in the force he knew 
you know, and also Ahsoka's doing it. I mean, they all seemed a bit slow on the uptake of trying to take her out. It did seem a bit like, I think you could tell that like Rex was trying to control himself and didn't and couldn't stop himself from doing it. But I did like the fact that, that Maul got to show that as well, which I wasn't expecting. Yeah, there was certainly that. And there was just some great sequences there. I, I did like that Rex was able to kind of resist a little, but he wasn't able to fully resist. He, yeah. he still got through to it because every other clone trooper that we've seen in this entire uh, series and, and, you know, commander Cody, the second he got the order, he's like, all right, yep. Shoot, shoot Obi-Wan down. Not, yeah. not a moment's hesitation. Rex is the only one. I love that little sequence. I loved the sequence of Maul just being a terror in the, <laughs> in the corridors without even a lightsaber. Just like, yeah, he's kind of terrifying when he wants to be. Yeah, and also I think the other thing I really enjoyed with that part was how, you know, he's like, oh, you've, we've come to work together. And she's like, no. <laughs> and it, it was like, yeah, I'm really glad they didn't just go with that. And kind of, the two of them trying to escape together and got to work together to get out. And she's like, no, I just need you to distract them. And I just thought that was such a, I wasn't, when he, she kind of turned around and went, no, I just need you as a distraction. Like, oh, that went in a entirely different direction because I thought they were building to it and they didn't. I mean, it might end up getting back there, but they didn't play on that whole side of things. Yeah, and it, it did reinforce the idea that Ahsoka is not a Jedi and she doesn't want to be a Jedi. She, she's willing to take a different approach and whether it's the right approach or not, you know, uh, let people judge for themselves. But I definitely found it as refreshing to just be like, no, you're not getting a lightsaber. You, you're, no. you're, your purpose <laughs> here is so I can get away. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was good. The only thing is, I do feel like I needed to watch Revenge of the Sith before I watched this well, again. I mean, I did watch it back in October, but I feel like it was almost that thing of, I could have done with a bit of a refresher before. <laughs> well, that's, that's why I'm thinking this weekend or for May the 4th, I'm like, I'm going to watch Revenge of the Sith. Not because I'm particularly enamored to the movie. I, yeah. I don't have too much nostalgia to the prequel trilogy, but like... I, I want to watch it and then piece together where these episodes fall into it. I would love to see a master cut of mm. Revenge of the Sith with the, the relevant bits tossed into it from here. That might be a, an interesting um, thought exercise. But either way, yeah, I was feeling the same thing. I was like, ooh, okay, so we're at this point. And, and then there's that moment of darkness where Ahsoka and, and Maul feel what's going on mm. like, but which part is this? Is this when, you know, he yeah. chokes well, Padme or is I'm it... guessing that was when everyone got shot. I think that was the, well, I just felt, yeah. Yeah. You can tell the part where everyone yeah. got shot. Uh, yeah. There was a, there was a little bit before that. And I was like, yeah. what was the event that triggered this particular thing? Yeah, it was, the only thing that always gets me with that whole system was obviously the whole story of Ahsoka completely was missing from those movies. You know, there's no mention of her. And she's been sort of inserted into it with this cartoon series and all the rest. And so important to all. But actually, when you watch the original movies, <laughs> she wasn't there. <laughs> so don't be part of it. Well, it was, this, is, yeah. this is doing a decent explanation for why she's not part yeah. of it. And then also for why Rex isn't part of it. Because Rex is, is a huge character for Skywalker after you know, we see the show. He, he's not even in the movies as far as mm -hmm. I know. And that's one of those questions where like Rex was like a super great friend to Anakin. Why does he never even get, I, we know the answer. Obviously yeah. these characters were created after the, the prequel trilogy ended, but at the same time, you still have to answer that at some point. 
Yeah, and I think as well as it's how the, the, it all interconnects with rebels because they had to they had rebels to go off of, so they've had to kind of interfix the problem. But now I just, just as a whole, I'm really looking forward to this last episode, and I'm also really glad that I'm in some ways here for the finale, having watched all seven seasons, watched all the episodes, and completely caught up. Whereas and the. Uh, uh, having them all on Disney Life and Disney Plus over the last year has been able to give me that chance to catch up and get on board with it because 18 months ago, I didn't really have much interest in Clone Wars or the Ahsoka. I did, it was a show was like, oh yeah, I watched it when it came out and kind of fell off of it and, didn't, and it wasn't important. Or the, you know, seeing them all now, it's like, oh, yeah, this is, this is really good stuff. And if you've like the Mandalorian, try it out. Just even just watch these four episodes, this, this, this four episode arc to try it out. Don't just write it off as a cartoon for kids. You know, this is, <laughs> this is, this is really good. This is probably some of the best Star Wars stuff I've seen for a long time. Yeah. This particular arc in general is really good. And it gets dark at times too. There are some parts of this episode when Maul is beating up clone troopers like, Oh, I'm surprised you did that actually. Yeah. Uh, but overall, it, it is really well done. There are definitely some episodes of the series as a whole, of mm. one seasons one through seven, that are very kiddy. And pretty much yeah. anything with Jar Jar or C-3PO, you yeah. kind of skip those. But yeah, this is really good. I'm super excited for the last episode. I'm very happy it's coming out on May the 4th instead of May the 8th. Next Friday, yeah. Whatever Friday is. Because so get a chance to watch it. I will be re-watching at the very least these four episodes somewhere mm. down the road. I'm kind of hoping next maybe year, super may, cut, yeah, yeah, for like next year's May the Fourth, we'll get a supercut, maybe even with a couple of extra scenes. But you know what? Honestly, even just being able to sit down and watch it front to back with no credits, except at the beginning and end, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, it definitely feels like it just cuts into each other without just like a scene change and that's it. Not like a sometimes you sometimes when they do those kind of things, you can see where they would have been. This, I mean, so, wouldn't have really have noticed, but. Nevertheless, we'd love to know what you think of the last episode of Star Wars The Clone Wars, also of Prop Culture. I'd love to hear what you guys think of all of that. Remember to go check us out over at whatsondisneyplus.com. You can obviously favorite us, bookmark us, etc., and find us on social medias to keep up with all the latest news. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. You can also subscribe on the audio platforms. And again, a big thanks to all of our patrons for all of their support in keeping the podcast going. On that note, guys, thank you very much for joining us. May the force be with you. <laughs>